Brian Reeves and Van Stokes are the broadcast team for the Austin P football team on ESPN Clarksville. They chat with Charlie and Katie about going from calling games during winless seasons to calling for a team that is shocking the world in the FCS playoffs. All on this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Hey, Charlie, you know what uh, most people are talking about nowadays? Austin P. football. That's right. Well, we're, we've got here today Van Stokes and Brian Reeves, who have been calling Austin P. football for how long, guys? This is my sixth year of play-by-play play voice. Van has a few more years on me. <laughs> Do I have to answer that question? It's my 20th year of calling Austin P. So football. So he's been calling Austin P. football since he was 21 years old. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. More like when Noah came mm. over on the ark. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. very impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> so how exciting is it to be behind the mic these days? It's a lot of fun, and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, this team, these players, they've given us a lot to talk about. And when we look back through the history of Austin P. football, you have to say that this is the most exciting time to be calling Austin P. football. Oh, I would agree with that. It's just a remarkable ride because, as you said, this in year six, I started my first two years, I didn't get to call a win. Half the time my first year, I didn't call a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. So this ride and to, and to see the emotion carry over through not only us and through the young men we see, but uh, through the Ohio Valley Conference, the people we run into, people we work with in the community, uh, seeing all the signs with Austin P on the uh, yeah. uh, business marquees and all the uh, just when you, you can't walk down the street now without somebody saying, hey, what time's yeah. the game Saturday or, 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 you know, how good did we actually look? And it's, it's, it's a great, just a great feeling to be a small part of this. And, you know, just, just to carry on with that thought, just one more second. And it's not just the part about being excited about a winning season. What you're looking at is the transformation of a program, and that is also exciting. Well, that's that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. And we don't, you know, we don't want to go through the history. You, you kind of touched on it, but when did you see the ball kind of rolling a different way? Can, you know, no who, what intended. was the catalyst? Can you can you pick out a catalyst in the, in this whole growth? I have a spark. I'll let you. I'll yield to the elder statesman in the room. I, we may. Whoa. I think we may disagree <laughs> on exactly when it happened, but I'll let Van give his point. Now, this will be interesting. I, I think I uh, really saw it when we said that we we're going to make a commitment uh, towards excellence in the classroom, in the community, and on the field of competition. That became their mantra, and it began with the building of a new stadium and Forterra Stadium, and that was demonstrated commitment. At that point, you knew mm-hmm. that they were ready to put the walk behind the talk. I think Forterra Stadium is a huge piece of it. I think it's when, and Kirby Cannon will not get the credit he deserves, but when Kirby Cannon went out and started recruiting, not just in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Georgia, he went to Michigan, he went to the Carolinas. Now, granted, the That's success didn't come right after yeah. that, but you look at a guy like a Malik Boynton, who, who went to two NFL training camps, played in the CFL. That That's a Cannon guy that he brought from Michigan. You, you go look at names that come in now, you know, you look at uh, our guys, that are, our, our quarterbacks from Chattanooga, our our main tailbacks from Georgia, our main receivers from Bowling Green, Kentucky. You've got linemen from Georgia, Florida, Mississippi. It's not a local product. Van used to go through a roster, and you'd be lucky to find anybody that wasn't from three general states, either Tennessee, Kentucky, or Georgia. Yep. Uh, now this roster, if I'm not believed, last time I checked, we have 11 different states represented. So the brand and the product of Austin P got a broader footprint, and I think that just changed the perception of, hey, this is not just some regional extended high school that wants to play football on Saturday afternoons. This is a program that's dedicated to bringing in the best caliber of athletes and the results have shown yeah. on the field. How about that, Katie? I'm, I'm fired up right now. I am too, because I never had actually 
thought back to that piece of it because these players that are playing now were recruited five years ago when we were building a stadium that then had a sinkhole and all these other things were happening. But yeah, you don't think about the longevity of the decisions that they're making today don't affect just tomorrow. They affect five, six years from now. Well, first came the stadium in my mind and then came the commitment to hire the best coaches that were available, mm-hmm. uh, the best possible coaches. And they've made a commitment in doing that. You, you saw the Will Healy era mm-hmm. for three years and now you see the Mark Hudspeth era. They're committed to hiring the best coaches for these student athletes that they can. But they're also committed to going after the best student athlete that is the mm-hmm. best fit for this team and for this university. And when you had to compete on that kind of level, you know, you, you have an institution, the fastest growing institution in the state of Tennessee, over 11,000 enrollees now. We just saw that number announced last week. And you've got an institution that can compete. You're no longer the little sister. You're no longer the little brother of the, right. uh, of the Tennessees or the Memphis or even the Chattanoogas, which are really more the, the scope we compete in. So now you can offer the greatest quality education, one of the top five cities in the state of Tennessee, one of the fastest rising universities. So you have a package that puts together the total experience, not just what you get on a Saturday afternoon on the football field, but it's what mm-hmm. you get Monday through Friday. It's what you can walk into an interview with and show them that Austin P diploma and nobody's going to go, oh, is that from Austin, Texas? No, they'll know yeah. where Austin P's right. from now. And that impact, I think, on the, in the recruiting home, when you walk into a young man's living room or a young woman's living room for softball or basketball or whatever sport – that impact is felt on a much bigger footprint. To me, that makes the biggest yeah. difference. You know, I've, I've been associated one way or another with Austin P since 1986, my first day ever, ever stepping on campus. And, you know, we talk about the stadium and the coaches and the kids and all that, but the transformation of the campus itself is oh, also yeah. a big tool in, in, to attribute to sports. Well, that goes to Sherry Hoppy, if I'm not mistaken. When Coach Miss Hoppy came to Austin yeah. P State University, that was one of her things: is we have to have a campus that reflects our mindset. Uh, you know, when you've got dull, drab concrete buildings and uh, I mean she was even instrumental in the the, the paint the campus red initiative yeah. going out and planting flowers and plants all around the campus so that that all starts with Dr. Hoppy mm. if I'm not mistaken yeah it does uh, the physical plant itself uh, a lot of alumni come back and they'll look at Austin P and they'll just shake their head and say man that has really grown since I was a student here and not just with the student enrollment but with the physical plant itself I mean that's a pursuit of excellence if you will you know they just went over 11,000 students Amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm a proud Austin P alum. I think when I graduated, we may have had 6,000. Uh, and that wow. was in 99. So just to tell you in that 20 year span, what this institution has done. Uh, and that's just a reflection yeah, of leadership. It's amazing. You know, Brian just has this way of making people feel old. Because he said 99, he I looked out right at me. Week. And, Charlie, and Charlie's talking about 86. Now, let me, well, that's what he let, started. Let me, let me call a timeout here, if I can call a timeout. <laughs> he may have this desire to make people feel old, but he can't make me feel old without my consent, and I refuse to give him that consent. <laughs> that's right. Period. And plus, when I'm around these young players, these young mm-hmm. student athletes, you can't feel old because they're young at heart, and that just yeah. kind of carries over to you. You're yeah, my old. vocabulary expands when I get around this football team. There's words and phrases that I yeah. that I never knew I could use in public in certain ways. So. Oh, wow. I yeah. wish people that, that, are, that will listen or are listening to this podcast were, were in this room 
because the energy level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Coach Hud's about to come in here and we're going to start doing some push-ups or some something. This, push-ups I mean, there's know? some energy in this room right now, and I'm digging it. <laughs> that's, that's the byproduct of what we see. Like I said, Van and I have sat through many a Saturday where, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term, we've tried to put lipstick on a pig. Uh, yeah. Luckily, yeah. here lately, we've just been able to sit back and let the story tell itself, and we're just the fortunate ones to to put a voice to the pictures that folks aren't able to be in there in person to see it for themselves. Charlie, okay. I think you've got to love what you do, and Brian yeah. and I clearly love what we do yeah. in being able to announce Austin P. Football. And when you love what you do, then that energy level is going to rise, and that mm-hmm. passion's going to come forth. So, speaking of energy, have you, if you listen to the game on the radio. I have to ask Brian, do you ever go home hoarse or with a sore throat? Because I've heard some, I've heard a lot of energy. Like I know that when they score a touchdown, he goes ballistic. I can't, I have another word for it. Every Saturday evening, I go home with a little frog in the throat. Uh, Sunday morning, good mm-hmm. thing I have to sit and listen to the preacher talk and I don't have to say a word because I get, get a couple hours there? of reprieve. And <laughs> look, I've always said that I would approach this position no matter who I called for. And I'm so glad that I get to stay in my hometown and call for my school. But I, I'd always said I would call this as a fan. And so how would a fan react? Mm-hmm. How, if you're watching your favorite team or your favorite players and they score, you don't sit there and give a golf clap. Mm-hmm. You yell. You scream. You go crazy. And that's exactly what I do. I'm just a fan who happens to have a microphone in front of them. So, yeah, there's there's been several Sunday mornings where it's a good thing I didn't have to get right back Does on it the scare, Did you ever get scared, Van? Like, <laughs> no, holy cow, they're knock over the chair or something. But I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, we were working next to the ESPN crew when we opened against Georgia last year. And Beth Moen was doing the play-by-play. And so in talking to her prior to the start of the game, she asked me, she said, well, you guys don't yell, do you? <laughs> I, I shook my head and I laughed and I said, you got to understand, Beth, when we score, we're going to yell, period. It's that simple. Uh-huh. And that's the way yeah. it is. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So a uh, personal question. It's real simple, though. When you're calling a game, what is your favorite play to call? When you see them run a certain play, other than just saying a touchdown, is there a play that you just like the design of? You took the favorite. A touchdown's always going to be the yeah, favorite, I know, Charlie. But, you know, but the design of a play or just something. One of two things for me is when Kentel Williams gets free on the perimeter and on the outside and gets to run off a block. And then secondly, when I see Javon Craig pass the ball to D'Angelo Wilson, who just makes a superb catch, a com- what we call a combat catch, where he's got to fight off the defender yeah. and then just makes this superb catch. I, I just love to see that. And those mm-hmm. are among my favorites. The, the two for me are just when the offensive line, I'm an old offensive lineman, when the offensive line just controls the line of scrimmage and just pushes everyone back yeah. on their heels. And yeah. you can just see the momentum movement at the offensive front. Uh, the other for me is a defensive play that just changes momentum. There's so often there's a sack, an interception, yeah. a big play defensively that just completely changes the course of the game. Those are the ones where I probably get a little hoarser than I should or maybe a little louder yeah. than I should. But those momentum swings plays you just they grab you as a fan they grab me as an announcer and it just makes an impact on what we're doing yeah well this is one of the things that i appreciate about working with brian is he's got his focus maybe on the interior line and i might have mine in the backfield sometimes but that just comes as a result of the perspectives Mm -hmm. that we bring forth from our playing days so we're headed to Montana this Friday, right, guys? Headed to take on the Montana State Bobcats, a team that played Southeast Missouri earlier in the season, a common opponent, defeated Southeast Missouri at home. We'll be in the quarterfinal round of the FCS playoffs. There are only eight FCS playoff teams still playing football this Saturday, Friday and Saturday, and Austin P is one of them. And that's just unfathomable to my team. Yeah. I'm at, sorry. At the beginning of the year, if you, if you knew you were going to say that sentence... no. 
Van and I, I will tell you right now, and you can go find the recording. When we opened up on that Thursday night against North Carolina Central, we knew we could score points. We yeah. knew what we had offensively. We knew three players on this defense. There were three returning starters on this defense. And we said to each other, we, we don't know what we have defensively. We really don't. Mm-hmm. Now I'm telling you that I'm taking the six-ranked FCS defense into playoff playoff a game, the number one-ranked run defense in all of FCS football going into this football game That's Friday crazy. night. It's and, awesome. And again, and I can only tell you three of their names when we cracked the mic on yeah. that Thursday night opener against North Carolina Central. It's just been a real pleasure to watch that defensive unit, really to watch the whole team come together. But defensively speaking, up front, the linebackers and the defensive secondary, we're going to face a running team against Montana State. It's a run-oriented offense, Mm -hmm. and that's fine because we've got one of the finest rush defenses that you're ever going to see. But we've also got a great secondary. So if they do put the ball in the air, I I really feel like uh, we're going to be there and ready to pick it off. So we win in Montana. Where do we go from there? We will take on the winner of South Dakota State and North Dakota State. North Dakota, sorry. And Illinois State. In fact, I brought a, a set of brackets with me. Illinois State defeated Central Arkansas, a team that defeated us. Mm-hmm. And so Illinois State will head up to Fargo, North Dakota to take on North Dakota State. And the winner of Montana State and Austin P will travel to play the winner of that mm-hmm. game. And. When you take a look at the FCS history, North Dakota State has won this thing seven of the last eight years. They are 13-0 and undefeated this year. If you ask me who would I pick between Illinois State and North Dakota State, I would have to go with North Dakota State. So the likelihood of Austin Peay, after they defeat Montana State, headed up to North Dakota State in Fargo, North Dakota, that's probably what it would look like. There, you heard it here first, guys. Put it, put it in the books. You're right. So what time does the pregame show start Friday? We'll be on the air at 6 p.m., 7 o'clock p.m. local time kickoff on our sister station on ESPN Clarksville, 104.1 FM and 540 AM. And you can stream us on ClarksvilleNow.com. You go up to the top of the sports page, it says listen live. And I promise I will not blow your speakers out. No, I hope you do, because that means we're winning. <laughs> I actually love that. I love it when you lose control. Well, again, it's I'm going to be a fan, and I hope I have a lot of fanboy moments come Friday night. There's something you guys do before each game, unless I you know, screw this up. But, Van, I'm going to ask you. You've got keys to the game, right? Keys Key, to victory. Keys to victory. Do you have them prepared for us today? For, for the game against Montana State, yes. I'm going to say, first of all, number one, it's going to deal with the run game. Stop their running offense. That's going to be the number one key, number one key. Secondly, we're just going to have to play smart, Charlie. Yeah. We're going to have to maintain our discipline, reduce the penalties. Once we get on a penalty swing, it's tough to yeah. tough mm-hmm. to get quiet. So we've got to stay within ourselves. And then lastly, I'm going to say, make tackles. Do not let them break the big play. Keep them in front of you. They're going to run the football, but everybody needs to pursue to the point of contact, converge, and bring them down. I think those will be the keys. See, doesn't that get you fired up? Oh, I'm fired I'm excited up. about it already. I'm 100% with him. It, Van takes care of our keys to victory. Yeah, but, yeah. And we always discuss a little and talk about it. But the key to me this weekend is, like I said, this is a run-oriented team. If we can make them one-dimensional, like we did against Furman, and take those passes and, and make them become a passing team, which is not their bread and butter, I like our chances. But they're going to run, and they're going to get yards. Our whole key is 
the yards after contact. When the first guy gets a hold of somebody, they've either got to slow them up and hold them up or take them down right there. We can't allow those second and third bursts that burned us a couple times against Tennessee State late in that contest. That was an early season loss. Uh, But we've got to limit their yards after contact, yards after catches in the receiver's core. And if we can make them a one-dimensional football team, I love our chances for a happy flight home. And we need to look at what Sacramento State did against them as well because Sacramento State beat Montana State. Now, how they did that, that's going to be seen in the film. But we need to take a look at that, learn from that, and then maybe use the same kind of approach. Katie, hmm. from now on during our podcast, you're going to have to use some of these uh, football analogies. Oh, I'm good at that. I use it with the sales staff all the time. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> all right, but cl- she, have cl- you ever heard her call the hogs? No, I we're know not. I Katie's no, an but, Arkansas fan. But I was going to say, to close up, let's all say together, let's go pee. You ready? I'm all for that. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Let's go pee! Clarksville's Conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.